Hi guys, and welcome back to the Apex Delta Coaching Podcast. My name is Kieran Moore, and I'm the head coach and owner of Apex Delta Coaching. On this show, my aim is to help educate, inform, and drive you to get stronger, fitter, and more resilient as an athlete and human. I'll discuss different topics in strength, fitness, mindset, and more, as well as talking with guests on their area of expertise. Today, I was joined by Lucy Cronin. Lucy is a personal trainer, group coach, and owner of 365 Motivate. She helps people reach their health and fitness goals through developing habits they can maintain for 365 days of the year. In this episode, we talk about building habits, maintaining complete mental, physical, social well-being, and some of the fundamentals that you can focus on to achieve those things. With that, let's get into today's show. Cool, so we're live. Uh, yeah, so I'm here with Lucy today and we are going to have a, an interesting conversation. Uh, I think what would be great to start with is um, if you could give us kind of the, the the sales pitch type short rundown of who you are, what you do, and kind of like the journey you've taken through through your coaching career. Sure. Well, yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Lucy. Um, I created 365 Motivate, which is my one-to-one training and group training uh, business and my main motivation for doing that was I want to help people reach their health and fitness goals by creating habits that they can maintain for 365 days of the year so my whole ethos is to get habits that you can do forever so it's not a short-term extreme kind of fad diet it is something you can do and keep doing to some extent forever so that you actually keep the results that you get and I kind of decided I wanted to do this because about 10 years ago I went through a phase myself where I was over exercising under eating to achieve fat loss and actually got to a really low unhealthy weight and that kind of sparked my mission if you like with that to show people that you can lose fat and it doesn't need to be extreme and you can maintain it and it can actually be something really enjoyable that adds to your life I think a lot of times we go for to such extreme measures that it actually ends up taking away from your life which is the opposite of health um you know the definition of health is complete mental physical and emotional social well-being and i think when we're so extreme we go so far the wrong way away from that because you know if all of your mind is taken up by your the food you're eating the training schedule you're doing if you're physically overexerting yourself you're overexercising all the time and socially you probably don't even have any time for the social side of stuff i just think that's an understatement of the year a shame um so yeah that's kind of why i do it and that's why i do one-to-one as well as group training i think there's something really special about training in a group and having it like a community and just having it fun basically um so yeah I definitely place a lot of value on all three elements of health and I think that we should prioritize them when we're striving towards our goals instead of like disregarding them and being like oh I'm just going to hit this goal and I'll do it in two months and then I'll go back to normal which obviously then loops you by right back to where you started anyway so it's kind of pointless i think mm. so yeah that's me <laughs> great no i think yeah you made a load of very good points there i think a lot of what you said obviously will, will be the topic of what we're gonna kind of dig into and talk about but yeah i think something interesting to start with yeah i think that idea of having the the kind of more complete if you want like approach to to health fitness um makes a lot of sense doesn't it because i think typically people 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 approach it from a very siloed one-sided um perspective so like they go to the gym and it's like everything they do is focused on the the physical side of it um with with without them really focusing on the other elements um where if we're thinking about yeah complete mental physical well-being 
like and and social and all the other aspects that go into that it, it has to be a more complete approach doesn't it and i think having that that community aspect to it is, is important on the social side of things yes obviously the training is is kind of the the physical aspect aspect to that and that that's important but it, it it's it plays one part in a much bigger bigger picture it's kind of like the one puzzle piece that that kind of yeah people get fixated don't they like they have the puzzle and they have the one piece left that they need to, to fit into that and they don't necessarily look back and think actually there's a whole lot of other pieces and in, into making this that that yeah. um, they kind of don't necessarily not necessarily ignoring i don't think but just aren't consciously aware of necessarily and that's that's where i suppose people like yourself come into this in terms of like that's that's your that's your role that's your kind of motivation that's what you you're helping people do isn't it? it's guiding guiding them towards that more that more complete picture and it's it, a lot of it's probably just taking taking people and saying like hey, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And that's Yeah, I, I think it's really easy to be short-sighted. Like, I think it's natural for humans to be like, I want it and I want it now and go at all costs to get that, which is going to be easier at the beginning when you're highly motivated. However, obviously, like, you get a week or two weeks in, you're no longer feeling that way and you're you're going to stop basically um and even if you did kind of white knuckle your way through like a very extreme plan i just haven't known anyone to continue it for their whole life so then i kind of think well if you start at a and you get to b but then you go back to a again what's the point of doing that you know like all of that effort and it overall i think it would be quite a negative experience because it's gonna you're gonna have to cut out so many of those elements you know your social life potentially mental well-being potentially even physical well-being if you're overtraining to a really extreme extent um that yeah i just think it's so much better to think longer term which is definitely harder because you do want that instant kind of gratification and that instant progress but if you can step back and think, right, okay, I'm going to focus on doing this for life so that I am fitter for life, maybe leaner, maybe stronger or whatever your goals are, you, you'll get a lot more from it. And you won't just be running circles around yourself. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think focusing on your little habits, like you say, those puzzle pieces, all those little bits coming together and just doing it long term to some extent so that you can keep the results and keep that good feeling uh of being healthier forever yeah cause i think we, what happens there is we fall into the instant gratification trap don't we that that's we're very much in a kind of like now 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 type society where yeah we have to have everything quickly and and like as, as you said if you went to the extremes like absolutely you could get better in six weeks time you could get significantly better in six weeks time you could push yourself to some extremes you could do the kind of like extreme uh, calorie restrictions or you could train six hours a day or whatever like you could do all of that and yeah guaranteed you'd get better better like in, yeah. in sort of quotation marks there in 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 a six-week period but that's not sustainable past that and yeah. there's there's probably a lot of negative things that have come as a result of that. And I think this is something interesting, isn't it? Because I think I saw you post about it on social media. Um, I've had an episode on the past about this as well, is the idea that elite isn't healthy necessarily. And we can extrapolate that and say the extremes aren't healthy, which when we think about it in that context is obvious. It's obvious that something that is extreme is probably not healthy in a balanced sense. Um, but what tends to happen is in in this context that's looking at like elite athletes isn't it can we kind of look at those elite athletes as like oh they're, they're the pinnacle of health and performance that's like that's where we want to attain like that's what we want to attain that's where we want to get to and that's not healthy necessarily i don't know many athletes in many sports that play their sport at a truly high competitive standard past maybe late 30s 40s like yeah. whole the whole nature of that is that you're kind of looking to optimize yourself at the expense of a lot of other aspects of of your mental well-being like you find an elite athlete and i can guarantee you they probably go to bed at like 
half eight nine o'clock they get like 10 hours sleep they don't spend they don't like eat anything outside of their kind of very strict regimen they train hours a day they do all their recovery work they they kind of make sacrifices in in other aspects of their lives to in order to achieve that and then if we're taking it out to kind of like the general population yes there's elements of that that we can take and, and apply and they're probably beneficial like there's there's elements of training and i think in all in all aspects we tend to be informed by the by the extremes either by from a performance sense or like a clinical clinical setting so like either ends of that spectrum is where we tend to take our our information our knowledge and we can just see like okay what applies now to the to the middle 90 percent but if all we do is that like it it misses a lot of the the points in terms of a balanced mental physical social emotional well-being yeah and maybe in part that's part of the problem you know like we're taking elite athletes where it's their job or you know people who are on the front of magazines models like it is their job to look like that and they are going to extremes because they are that top one percent probably genetically as well definitely genetically as well but they're also pushing to be that top one percent so obviously they're going to extremes because they're trying to be the best and then we are like dripping that down to like normal people whose job is not to look a certain way or to perform a certain way so like you say when we're then taking some of that to do it's almost like no wonder there's a problem and like you say like actually saying like elite athletes aren't healthy i just think that takes a second to sink in but then you're like oh yeah well of course they're not because think about what their day looks like it's going to be hours of training hours of recovery and early retirement basically so it's like no world-class athletes or anyone at, at the top of their sport is doing it forever. Um, obviously, you know, their ability is going to decrease with age. So there is that that plays into it. But a lot of it is going to also be because your body just cannot keep functioning like at that high level. You can expand that out into any context. So it doesn't just have to be sort of within athletes. Like you look at the yeah. high power CEO, like, I don't know, yeah one of the one of the sort of the 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 wealthiest people in the world who is head of these massive companies like their lifestyles are probably not particularly healthy because of the the level of commitment and and whatever else they've had to put in to get to that level like i know you you hear a lot about these sort of yeah ceos who barely sleep like probably not eating great and all these kind of things and it's just they're living in a very high stress situation but they're at the elite level that they've they've accepted some of those things in order to get there um so I think it, it it works. And I think as much as we obviously talk about the elite, so the, the the kind of the top 1%, I think the bottom as well, the bottom 1% to 10% in a sort of a real clinical setting, like people who are clinically unhealthy. So people who have pushed it to the other end of that extreme. So people who potentially do no physical exercise, their, their nutrition is, for want of a better word, rubbish. <laughs> like, yeah. like they're, they're getting very little sleep and all these kind of things as well that's the other end of the extreme isn't it it's kind of the 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 counter to to that and that's not healthy either in a a sense so so sitting somewhere in the middle like is is ideal and yes like we don't have to be dead on 50 percent. kind of we don't have to be dead on in the middle like if you have some element of kind of performance-based goals yeah you're probably going to creep more towards the, the the higher end equally if you're kind of just general population you want to be a bit fitter and healthier for for life yeah you might slip down a little bit towards the other end i think there's a there's a there's a probably a range in the middle of there somewhere that that's kind of the the goldilocks zone if you like in terms of like where where things probably should sit and it's not to say that they can't slip outside of that it's just to say that that's probably where things are a little bit more optimal in this respect. yeah that's such a good point like you say actually to flip it on its head and think the other end isn't uh, isn't healthy either so like you say just finding that sweet spot in the middle somewhere is is good isn't it um it's kind of like yeah you don't need to train six hours a day but you also probably want to train a little bit more than six hours a year yeah somewhere in the middle of that is probably ideal 
that's why I always think like with all like training, fitness, health, there's so much gray area because it's like really depends who you're talking to. Because on one hand, you need to be like, oh no, you should train. You should look at what you're eating. Like you should sleep a lot. You should make sure you're, you're covering all of those aspects like mental, physical, social well-being. But then equally, if you're talking to someone who's near the top end, you actually need to be like, whoa, slow down a little bit, like do less training, um, look at what you're eating less. Like, so yeah, there's so much kind of nuance in there, I think. And it, it depends on the population you're working with, doesn't it, really, at the end yeah. of the day. It depends on the individual in front of you, because there are certainly individuals in, in that setting of they're probably doing too much where most of your job as a coach is going to be holding them back. It's not going to be like adding anything to that. And there's probably people that come to you where it's sure. like, I'm not going to do anything in terms of like actually adding any more to what you're doing. I'm just going to think like, cool, what can we take away that's going to actually facilitate better recovery, facilitate probably more healthy long-term habits that are going to lead you to the, the goals of success you want. Um, like how sure. many people do you have come to you who are probably in a very similar situation to as you, you talked about yourself earlier, like they, they're doing the kind of the six, seven, like group classes a week. They're barely eating anything. They're, they're sort of, they're doing all these crazy, crazy things to achieve like, I mean, potentially fat loss goals, for example. And yeah, yeah. they've been doing it for three, four years and have made little to no progress. And it's just yeah. a case of they're doing too much. And it, that, that's as simple as it gets. It's like they're doing way too much and their body is not able to appropriately kind of adapt to that and make the actual changes you want because you're just doing way too much and you're never allowing your body the time to actually recover and make the changes. For sure, like, I think it really depends on where they're at in their fitness journey and their personality because some clients, like you say, I'm like holding them back. I'm like, whoa, easy. Let's just do two sessions a week. Let's nail that, make that habit before we do like five. Like, let's just take it one step at a time. Whereas other clients, I might be messaging them. I might be like, you know, have you got your steps in today? Like nudge, nudge, you know? So yeah, some need a little push and some need a little pull to hold them back. Um, and I think it just depends where you're at. And obviously it's always well-intentioned because like I love when people are coming in, they're highly motivated, they're enthusiastic. I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's do this. But obviously motivation is going to kind of ebb and flow. So they have to be ready for that to go away because that is just life. That's what happens. And that's when I think the habits are so important because that's what's actually going to carry you through long term. Mo motivation is great in the first few weeks or when you see uh, some progress, but like you're not going to get any progress if you're not consistent. And obviously the whole point of being consistent, that means to be long term, doesn't it? And to do things often, put in a lot of reps. So whether it is your actual training and your actual reps when you're lifting or when you're running or whatever you're doing or whether that is like getting your steps in you know hitting 8,000 steps every day or whether that's logging your food so you actually can become aware of what you're eating um or whether that's getting seven to nine hours sleep all of these things sort of you're you're logging those reps so every time you turn up to that session there's that's one come again there's two you know and then you're just slowly you're building that habit and like one way I love looking at it is you're trying to build like a new identity and every time you do that habit you're like putting another vote for that identity so like if you wanted to be a runner and you're getting out and you're running once a week say every time you lace up your trainers you get out that's like one vote to like I am a runner instead of I just go running and I think that is like a big shift as well, like in, in your mind, when you actually identify as like, I am the person who works out on a Monday. I, I just think that's powerful and that's really so useful. powerful, isn't it? Yeah, so powerful. I think. Yeah. 
yeah that's, that's where maybe over the last sort of year given coronavirus restrictions whatever else that's where people have struggled because that identity is being yeah. questioned hasn't it from no fault of people like own as well it's kind of like you you might yeah you say you might identify as like i'm the person who goes to the gym and trains three four five days a week and then you don't have that anymore and it's like that can be a real real sort of hit can't it? that can be tough in terms of yeah. the at least the short-term motivation to to continue on that journey and like yeah. for people being forced to adapt is quite tough as well I think being forced into having to adapt what you do and change that identity essentially is, is, is really tough I know I struggled with it like when I stopped playing rugby when I was younger um yeah. I struggled with that because so yeah I, I paid 10 years of worth of rugby and I was like well I'm a rugby player that's kind of how I identified and I yeah. stopped that and I'm like what do I do now <laughs> like where do I where do I go from this point and it's a really tough one to kind of get your head around, especially when it's like, I stopped for injury. So it's kind of like one of those things is like, this isn't my mm. conscious choice necessarily. So it's a yeah. tough one. How do you, how do you start to approach that with people? I mean, my experience with my clients through this pandemic, um, I say this pandemic, like there's going to be another one. No, <laughs> through this, through this time we've had, um, it for some of for most of them, they've actually really taken it in their stride. Um, like I was speaking to one of my clients yesterday and they actually found that a massive shakeup was, they actually started training like in, in the pandemic, like last summer when we could meet outside one-to-one. And they found that because they then had no routine, they could almost like build up from the beginning. So that was really interesting to hear. Um, some of my clients stop training for a little bit thinking, oh, this is going to be like one month. I'll just take a month out and then we'll jump back in. Obviously, one year later, not quite. Um, so, yeah, some of them kind of stopped for a bit, but then started and then completely yeah, just made it their routine. And it is mad how quick we get used to things because like, I'm training people one-to-one in our local park because that's what we're allowed to do right now. Um, and it's actually normal now. Like when I first rocked up in my car, I've got like my weights in the boot. I was like, okay, this is super weird. Everyone's just like walking their dog and like, I'm here. I've got like a little speaker and my weights. But now it literally just feels like the gym. Like I know people who walk their dog. I'm like, hello, you know, it's me again. Um, and there's another PT and we like wave and we were laughing the other day, like this is our new gym. Um, so I think our ability to adapt is huge. So we can definitely take things in our stride, but obviously like with what's been going on, people's experiences have been very different. And it, you know, some people obviously are really anxious about it. You know, things with work might be different. If people have got kids, like they're gonna be so busy, like when they were at home. So, yeah, I think it is a tough one. And sometimes I think that requires, whether it's a, your coach or yourself, ideally, asking yourself, like, is this genuinely a good time for me to pursue something that is going to take a lot of effort? And do I really want it? You know, sometimes you're not at that point yet. Um, but, yeah, it's a tough one because I think almost you need to get at a point where it's more uncomfortable to stay as you are than it is to change because change is always going to be uncomfortable but like it can be yeah it can be tough can't it because you, you, you can't force changes on people you can't force at the end of the day like no matter as a coach you can guide people you can provide kind of advice you can sort of like give them a plan something to follow but you can't force them to do any of it which i think at the end of the day like people have to make a conscious choice to to change um yeah. be that in their health fitness training whatever that might be or, or just kind of changing their goals because of circumstances that have forced them to do that like you can't force someone into that so i think there has to be that conscious choice to to someone wants to make a change and it might not be a case of like you, you make that decision and you actually know how to do that necessarily that's why there's coaches that's why you seek a professional out to to help you on that that kind of process but the first step in terms of yeah like actually accepting like i'm not okay with where i'm at now like that there, there is this is not somewhere i want to be and i yeah. want to progress on to something new 
yeah. or like make a change. And that's the, and I think sometimes it has to be a case of like letting people make mistakes, letting people come to that realization on their own, because at the end of the day, yeah, you, I, I can sit here and tell someone all day long, like, oh, you need to do this, this and this if you want to hit your goal. But if they don't actually believe it and they don't want to make those changes, like it's not going to happen. So the idea of buy-in, like someone has to buy in and believe in the process in order to actually get anything from that. So yeah. if, they, and if they don't, then no matter what you say to them, it's not going to make any difference for the most part. Like most people are pretty stubborn. <laughs> like most people aren't going to, aren't going to change unless they kind of they have to or they they actually make a conscious decision to do it so yeah I think as, as coaches it is our sometimes our job to let clients fail which is a horrible concept when you think about it like people might listen to that and think like whoa no no way but we have to sometimes let people fail and let people come to these decisions on their own put them in a, in a space whereby that failing is not going to be like the end of the world so yeah a one rep max squat is probably not a good time to let a client fail, for example. No, no, no. <laughs> like, then making some some mistakes in terms of like nutrition, maybe like they're not tracking very well and something like that, like something that's not like going to have serious consequences off the back of it. Like that's okay. You've got to let someone fail and come to the realization that, oh, okay, maybe I haven't been tracking as closely as I thought. Maybe um, this, this thing I've been doing every day isn't actually bringing me closer towards my goals. And it's just then then you can start to think like, cool, now that you're in this position that you you're in a mindset, you're in a you're in a kind of a mental space that you are willing to accept change. Here are the three to five things that we can focus on and we can implement that are going to bring you closer towards your goals. Yeah. And I definitely think like with the whole what you're saying about failure, that's so important because I think we often think that we're going to get from A to B. and It's just a straight line up. And it's just going to be like, yeah, no problem. We're going to breeze straight on up there. And I hate to say it, but no, no, that is not what it's going to be like at all. And it's going to be absolutely filled with like lots of tiny little failures or lessons. I think we could rephrase them. Um, so, yeah, like just knowing that they're coming as well. Like it's almost in, it is inevitable. Like there's going to be many setbacks. And there's going to be many things that are not optimum. But I think we need to think about that on like a sliding scale. So it's, you know, like, say you're trying to lose fat, you're trying to eat foods that are quite filling, you're trying to eat foods that are lower in calories to stay in your calorie deficit, because you want to create that negative energy balance, you want to lose fat. Great. Okay, then you eat a massive slice of birthday cake. If that is on your birthday, or your mate's birthday, whatever, Obviously, that's going to be fine. Um, is it optimum? No. Is it a little bit further down that scale? Yes. But is it a problem? Not really. So I think, like, if we think instead of, like, success, failure, if we kind of think about it on that sliding scale, then it's a bit more relevant to, like, our human experiences. It comes back are, to the consistency, doesn't it? Like Yeah. And not not necessarily consistency on that kind of real micro level. It's look at take a macro focus on it. Take a take a kind of a a long term approach to it because we can get very caught up in the moment. I think everybody does this. Everybody gets very caught up in the moment. Like oh, I've failed at this thing here. I've not been successful as or I haven't achieved what I set out to achieve in this one element here. Everything's everything's a fail. Everything's useless. Like the whole the whole right. Maybe in some instances, yeah, there probably are cases when that might be like you might have done something stupid in training and you know, got injured. Like mm -hmm. potentially, yeah, there, there are elements where they're going to set you back a lot further. But I think if you take an overall picture and a long term focus on it, and this is where I think something like a growth mindset, like kind of our idea is really helpful in terms of like, yes, seeing failures as failures, but also seeing them as ways that you can you can learn, as you said, like lessons in terms of like if you fail all that's doing really is showing you what hasn't worked and then you can try something else and it's just a kind of a, a, a trial trial and error approach to it which over yeah. the long term pays off because eventually you're going to find the thing that does work for you if you keep sort of like keep consistently applying these these habits and it might just be a case of like yeah this thing is a failure in in the micro focus but in the macro in the big picture like this is actually this is a this is a good thing. Like there might be you might have to take a hit sometimes and take a step like two steps back to 
one step back to take two steps forward like it might be that okay cool this thing like the, the birthday cake for example like eating birthday cake might feel like a kind of a step back in sense of where you're going but in the long term that's probably building in healthy habits isn't it where you're not very very strictly regimented to something 100% of the time because that's not very sustainable for long term you'll end up miserable eventually because it's not much fun <laughs> in that sense to kind of be really consistent to that stuff for for long periods but it's the bigger picture isn't it is that knowing that all these little steps you're taking are not individually important but it's the collective that's so much more important yeah what you do most of the time that's what counts and like you say i'd argue that actually eating the birthday cake is gonna be a positive because it means you're in it for the long haul because who's gonna go their whole life not eating birthday cake like not me <laughs> like hopefully no one like you don't need to cut anything out so like by eating that birthday cake you're almost like right okay i'm doing this it's not completely optimal for my goals However, most of the time, I do not eat birthday cake for lunch. So it's fine. Only for um, breakfast. Yeah, or breakfast, or whatever. No judgment here. <laughs> whatever meal the cake is fine. Um, so yeah, it, that almost suggests that you are going to stick to it longer term, which will give you greater results anyway. And also, like, I, I, was this, I think it was on the radio the other day, I was listening, and they were saying about um, how we never see the process we always see the outcome so like you know in the newspaper social media the radio whatever on tv it's always like um man loses five stone or something it's never like man eats salad and goes to the gym every day like you know for like two years or whatever like because that's kind of I don't know. We just find it boring, don't we? We're like, we don't really care about the process. Oh, I've heard, heard it like explained really well. Is like the uh, like the Hollywood blockbuster film that comes out, and the film like most films are what like one to two hours long. Yeah. And that that yeah, and obviously the end product is incredible. You have this amazing outcome, and but that doesn't account for the the best part of and I take like Avatar for example. That took like ten years to make. Like. Crazy. They had to yeah. create new technologies to make it. They obviously multiple, multiple takes of every kind of like 30 second scene, all that kind of stuff. And it was it took a decade to to come to that that kind of that end product. But obviously, all we see as consumers, all we see as kind of people on the back end of that is like we just see the outcome. We see the the final product. Yeah. And I think this is where the it, the influencer world in terms of social media does such a disservice to the health and fitness industry. Because they sell something that's like, oh, look at my progress. Look how I achieved X outcome. Like, look how I built all this muscle. Look how I lost all this weight. And yeah. you just see that in products. And you're like, oh, well, whatever they're selling, I'm buying. Like, yeah. no matter what it is, because look at, look at the outcome they got. But that probably doesn't account for the fact that they themselves have, have dedicated a significant chunk of time, effort, and energy into that, into that outcome yeah. and the whole process there. I think, yeah, that, but the problem is that doesn't sell, does it? Like us as kind of like coaches who are trying to sell this idea of longer term progression, like being in it for the, the long haul versus yeah. the short six week kind of like focus. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't sell because it's very hard to sell people like, cool, we're, we're probably going to make pretty underwhelming progress in the next six weeks. It's going to take ages. Right? But it, really in, in 12 months time, in three years time, I can guarantee you, you'll be a completely different person. Like yeah. you, you'll have reached your goals and and further in yeah. in that space of time. But you just have to kind of commit to this, commit to the process. And it, it's, it's a bit of it can sometimes be a little bit of a blind trust process, can't it? You kind of have to just place the trust in someone that they can help you achieve that goal. But if you are consistent over the long term, yeah. And it's I think as well, it's like going back to when we were saying like mental, physical, social well-being, like the, I think there's so much more to exercising and whether it is fat loss and muscle building as well, that's your goal, but just generally taking care of yourself and feeling confident in yourself. There's so much power in that and that will translate to all areas of your life and even the actual process. So, you know, getting up, going for a run or jo joining your exercise class or whatever it's going to be 
um, you know, those, when you're like training and you're pushing through something and then you're doing something that you couldn't do before, you're getting more resilient, you're believing in yourself and all of these things um, will help your entire life. And in terms of mental health as well, you know, I think that exercise is so good at bringing you in the present moment. So when people are like worrying about the future or sad about the past, and obviously this is really simplistic view of it, but I mean, I know it helps me personally. Like when I'm exercising, I'm not thinking of anything else. I'm in the moment, I'm moving my body and I'm feeling good about it and I'm feeling good after. So I just think even if, if we take our mind off the outcome, even all of the process of doing it, which is your life basically, because if you want to maintain the progress that you have achieved, you're going to need to keep doing it to some extent, always, because otherwise you're just going to revert back to where you started. So I think there's a lot that can be taken from it. So when you're buying into, like you say, like um, someone off Instagram selling like, you know, a tea or a pill or a protein powder or whatever, that isolated thing is not going to do anything realistically and they're selling it for really short time frames because as humans that's what we want we want to do something we want to get the result like asap um and yeah it's just not it's not really working and then i think it it gives people doubt in themselves like people have come to me in the past and they'll be like i've tried everything i can't lose weight i think i just can't this is the way i'm meant to be or something but it's because they've been using all the wrong methods. And if they'd have actually stuck to something that, yeah, isn't as glamorous and it doesn't look as cool, but if they'd have actually done that for the past year, instead of trying like 10 different diets or uh, supplements or whatever it would be, they'd be a lot better off. And they'd have learned a lot along the way that hopefully makes them feel better and has added to their life. It's the, uh, it's the marginal gains, isn't it? It's the kind of 1% better yeah. every day approach. And it like, fits in perfectly with your kind of your business, your your kind of brand name, yeah. 365, doesn't it? Like mm-hmm. over the course of a year, yeah. if you are 1% better every day, yeah. 65% better at the end of the year, like I'd, yeah. I'd, 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 I'd buy any program that could guarantee me yeah. 65% improvement in a year and yes that's a reductionist view of it it's not always that simple it's not always that linear but like the the principle remains of like the marginal gains doesn't it in terms of like building those small habits the thing that's going to move you a step closer to your goal every day um not not kind of necessarily buying into not focusing too much on the things that like feel like a giant leap towards your goal because Mm -hmm. yes they might push you push the needle forward a little bit but I feel there's always sacrifices in the kind of the 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 quick the quick fix like approach there's always elements of that that aren't leading you towards kind of long-term habits and long-term progression purely because they they work for the period of time that they work for and then like you have to go find something else um whereas if you can approach it from a kind of one percent better every day approach marginal gains approach like you have to do the small things every day that are going to move that needle. And over time, those things build up to, to bigger and, and better improvements rather than kind of like the, the big, the big sort of dump in terms of like progress that largely is just going to revert back to whatever you started with. Uh, yeah. I would definitely say like anything that is like fast results or extreme is a red flag that that's, how i would look at it obviously you need to look into it closely but yeah just as a general rule i would say yeah if anything says anything like in a few weeks um or you have to do quite extreme things and really change what you're doing currently quite aggressively then it's going to be an issue to follow long term and that's almost like when you think of like good habits versus bad habits that's quite black and white but like typically good habits, so whether it's like exercising, sleeping more, meditating, reaching out to friends more, whatever this good habit might wanna be, it's, again, 
there's no instant gratification. There's often long-term outcomes to good habits, whereas bad habits tend to have instant gratification, you know, like smoking, drinking, staying up and watching Netflix. Like in the moment, you're like, yes, this is great. Long-term, not so much. You know, if you're smoking, you're going to have health problems. Again, with drinking health problems, you're spending loads of money. You're feeling rubbish the next day. You've got a hangover. Netflix, if you stay up all night watching it, the next day is a bit of a write-off. You feel so tired. So again, if you like kind of draw back to like, okay, is this instant gratification or is this long-term gratification? That can often help you kind of decide, should I do this? And is this actually good for my health? Or am I just kind of being lured in because it's like, sparkly and shiny and you're like oh yeah let's do it which you know we've all I've been there I'm sure everyone's been there so no you know I have done that too um many times which is why I feel so strongly about it now um because yeah everything they do is so clever the marketing you know if anyone's seen that like social uh was it social dilemma what's you know, the documentary on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I have watched that. You know how clever that is. So it's like, it's not your fault that it's happening, um, almost. We just have to become aware of it. Um, and I think in terms of, like, habits, something that you can do that's really good is, like, give yourself instant gratification for good habits. So, you know, if you want to train, say, um, doing something really small, like um, logging it on a tracker, like when I go running, I use my Nike run app and it like gives you little like medals and um, like over the whole time I've had the app, it logs like all the times you've ran. So it would be like your lifetime miles and, you know, it gives you like little cheers and stuff like that, which seems silly. But like just when you log it and click like save, you're like, yes, like that's another couple of miles that I've logged into the bank. Or even if you just like tick off your calendar, like doing that tick or crossing something off is like satisfying. <laughs> so idea of counting wins, isn't it? Like and counting, yeah. counting even the small things like on a daily basis. And then over, I was saying I talked with um, Jason when he came on the podcast yeah. quite, quite a while ago or quite a few weeks ago, like his idea of, yeah, he's, I think he said he had a journal or something where he, he looked back through and he had like three thousand or wins or something that he counted over the course of however whatever period like six months or whatever it was yeah. that's just through like daily just finding things that have, have gone well finding those small instant gratification type wins in your day that like yes this was a thing i did today but here's the progress it's adding to to the overall taking a bit of like a, a, a sort of a step in a different direction like in terms of some of like the fundamental principles that you you employ when in from the practical sense now like yeah thinking maybe framing this around like fat loss building muscle these are sort of typical goals that a lot of people tend to have um be that as part of a larger goal or be that as kind of like an isolated i want to lose x amount of weight for example like what are some of the principles you employ and use there to to help so um with fat loss the key thing is to create a negative energy balance or a calorie deficit. So the things you need to focus on, I would say like with my clients is we'd look at food logging. So you actually know how many calories you're consuming. We'd look at increasing the amount of steps you're doing. So you could track what you're doing with a, a smart phone or a smart watch. We'd look at increasing the protein you consume um mainly because that is going to help with building and maintaining muscle especially if you're in a fat loss phase if you like um but also there's a higher thermic effect with protein so it just means you're going to burn more by digesting it versus all the other food groups like carbohydrates and fats so that just kind of plays into uh the fat loss as well um, and sleeping seven to nine hours a day and then doing your workouts. So they're the top things that I would always look at. And then I just create habits for each of these things. Um, so, yeah, you just need to create that energy, ba that negative energy balance. So you just need to be consuming 
less than your body needs basically and be burning more so the principle of any diet is going to do that so whether they're like oh cut out all carbs it's like well you're definitely gonna be decreasing how much you're eating because that's a third of what you're eating gone um or whether it's you know um intermittent fasting don't eat until lunchtime or something again that's a third of your calories so that's why it works and it's fine to do any of these methods or counting calories and just making it up as you go along and doing your own preference it's fine to do any method and different methods are going to work for different people but i think it's just important to know why it works and why it works is because you're consuming less calories so you're creating that deficit and as long as you have that knowledge then yeah you can pick anything you like um Typically, I do think that tracking your food like on an app like MyFitnessPal is really beneficial just so you can learn the calorie content of the foods that you like and that you're eating. And I only think that because you can keep it as close to what you're currently doing. You don't have to do that major shift, which, again, I think is quite extreme. Um, But you don't have to log you know, if, if you find that a really negative experience, but it does just give you a bit more clarity. It kind of gets right to the point of it, why it is or is not working. Whereas if, of what, what gets measured gets managed, isn't it? Like exactly. if you never, if you never measure it, it, it can be quite hard to, yeah. to, to truly understand what's working, what's not. Um, which you say, I don't think it necessarily needs to be a long-term habit potentially is like, it's, it's a learning process. And once you've built, built that habit and understand more about the, the rules of the game, if you like, in terms of that, in that sense, like once you understand that it's, it's easier then to, to, to keep that going and kind of eyeball it a little bit more. Um, how do you, so when you implement these things with new clients, do you, is it kind of like a all at once approach? How do you tend to approach building in habits around all those different areas yeah so firstly 100 percent, what you said about my fitness pal definitely a learning tool you do not want to be doing that forever but you can learn at the beginning and then like you say you can make your own rules essentially based on your food preferences um a lot of times again because of like marketing and all these sorts of magazines things sometimes people think certain foods are healthy or are not healthy but again, it's on a sliding kind of scale and it completely depends on context, food preference, how full they make you and all these sorts of things. Um, but yeah, going back to your question. Um, so normally I would draw their attention and say like, okay, as I've just said to you guys, like these are the five things, like being aware of what we're eating, the steps, the protein, the sleep, the exercise. These are the five areas that we've got to look at in these coming months um but then it would be gradual so i might be like right okay these are the starting calories that we're going to go with um so really really simple um kind of sum you can do as a good starting point is your weight in pounds times by 13 and that will just give you a really rough like guide calorie starting point and then from there you can if if you do that for a week or two and you see progress you know whether your measurements your weight the way your clothes are fitting how you feel if you notice progress then keep doing it because we want it to be as high as possible those calories you want to eat as much as you can while still losing fat because it's just going to be easier more fun more flexible Um, and then after two weeks if you didn't see progress then i just slowly bring those calories down um but i forgot the question <laughs> how, do you, how do you tend to approach like building in those habits oh yeah i mean it, it's, it's more kind of it like yeah obviously i think if you brought in like a million and one things at once it's it's never yeah. going to be able to be kind of like consistent as a habit so it's just interesting. I tweak it as we went, yeah. basically. That's where I was going with that, I think. You tend so, to prioritize yeah. different things for different clients. So like if you know a client's probably going to be more compliant with something like sleep versus nutrition, mm-hmm. 
do you, do you go down that angle or do you have a kind of a set process for how you would bring these things in for clients? It's all going to be completely personal. And like some people won't, don't even have an issue with sleep. Like I'll talk to them and they'll be like, oh yeah, I sleep eight hours a night. I sleep like a baby. And I'm like, great, keep doing that. And then I just forget it. They don't need, they're in a good habit. Um, if it is something they need help with, maybe steps, like if they've got an office job or something, that's when we look to implement habits and the way i'd look at doing that um is trying to make that habit as obvious as possible so say it's steps it's like right let's make a time so like every lunch time at 12 o'clock you put your trainers on your trainers are by the front door you get that visual cue um you do a 10 minute walk around the block um and make it easy so like say like put the trainers there like just and just walk near your house don't drive anywhere just come out the front door start walking you know track it can help because that gives you a bit of satisfaction because you can like hit your step goal and also what you said before whatever you measure can get improved so after a couple of weeks once we've got that 10 minute walk around the block habit locked in and you're kind of doing that and it's feeling very natural then we can be like right let's try and do a thousand more steps like you need let's do another 10 minutes or something um so i would just try and get your environment to work for you as best as possible so just make it as easy as possible to do that habit that you want to do and make it as hard as possible to do the habit you don't want to do so you know if you always are scrolling on instagram in your lunch break instead of doing the 10 minute walk maybe move instagram off your home screen or mute people that you're always sucked into watching um and and make the walk the easier thing listen to your favorite podcast listen to this podcast <laughs> while you walk around the block um only listen to this podcast no others yeah exactly <laughs> we're trying to get listeners international you've got someone from Hong Kong, so you know exactly. anywhere in the world <laughs> you could do this 10 minute walk listen to the podcast um so yeah just make it something enjoyable make it easy and set specific goals like when you're going to do it what time where are you going to walk and start small because even if you said right i'm going to do like a three minute walk to the end of the lane and back do that to start with achieve that for like a, a week a couple of weeks and then be like okay then i'm going to make it 10 minutes then i'm going to make it 15 minutes 20 minutes i think it's so easy for us to start with great intentions and be like, I'm going to do an hour walk a day. And it's like, that is such a big goal. And then if you don't do it, you're going to be like, oh, I, I'm a failure. I messed that up. Whereas if you make it really easy to do, like three minutes, five minutes, it's going to be very quite easy for you to just manage that. And then you're going to feel like, oh my God, I'm amazing. I can do my new habits. I'm, I'm feeling great. And then you might be like, you know what? Actually, the podcast <laughs> is an hour. I am going to walk for longer because I'm enjoying it and it's easy for me to manage this. So I think it's just better to take little steps um, to, to I think build I, I up. like what you say about that in terms of like making it, making it almost too hard to fail at. Like yeah, yeah. Opposite, it? Make it, make, getting it to a point where it's like, this is the easier option is to yeah. do this than maybe something else exactly get it get it to a point where it's like that so that as a habit that's and that's how habits are going to form when they're when they feel seamless easy to to implement and it's just a part of your day like as yeah. opposed to something that mentally at least requires a lot of effort to start and like there's lots of barriers in the way of of starting that so yeah as i say if you if you were going to go for a walk for example to get some steps in and you were like, oh, well, if I want to go for a walk, I've got to get in my car and drive half an hour to like a, a local park to then go for a walk. And, oh, I've got to take my like uh, wellies or whatever because it's muddy there yeah. and I've got to then bring a coat and or do this, that. And that, that's just a whole load of barriers that are making it much easier just not to go for the walk. Whereas if you say to yourself, I'm going to like, my trainers are literally next to me. They're, they're at the front door. I'm going to go put them on and just walk to the end of the street and back. Like... Mm -hmm that's so easy to do it's practically impossible to not do kind of thing it's kind of like it's, it's actually easier to do that than probably not in, in in many cases so 
that that's yeah i so say that's where you think i need to you need to start with things and i've had it with people and clients where they come to me for sort of for coaching for help whatever and i'm like we're gonna start probably way below what you think is necessary what you feel is like what you need to do maybe less than what you've done in the past mm-hmm. and that can be quite a tough one for clients to kind of get their head around sometimes like oh wow well, well i'm doing less surely i'm not going to make as much progress but it's like well you've probably sought me out because whatever you were doing previously wasn't working people tend to seek coaches out when they realize that they when they come to that realization that cool what i'm doing is not working i'm going to find someone who can help me get to where i want to get so it's like well clearly what you did before wasn't working so i think what we're, what the, the more sensible approach is is to build these smaller steps build habits find where our kind of like current limitations are in terms of like that that habit formation perspective mm-hmm. like find where we start to break down and where we start to struggle like to implement these things and we're just going to stay on that just below that limitation for six weeks and then when we get to that point where it's like cool these things are absolutely nailed now like we can consistently do these day in day out without any problem mm-hmm. like then we're going to start adding adding more and more to that potentially or changing what we're doing i think that's that's the way that you build the long-term progressions and habits versus you say like trying to do everything at once trying to do like the the the, the big thing that that's never never going to be kind of achieved successfully because you'll, you'll probably stick to it for the first couple of days and then yeah. something will be more something will be easier or it'll be easier just not to do it yeah when it's like such a gigantic task it can just be so overwhelming you actually don't even start it um and like something I always like to think about is like at the beginning, like what you do, like scale it right back to basics. So it's like very clear what they need to do. It's just about like showing up and like starting it. So like with the walk, like, yeah. Okay. Do a three minute walk every day for a month or something. You're thinking, well, uh, that's not really that many extra steps. Um, is that really going to have an impact with my fat loss? And it would on a very small scale, um, depending on how many steps you can do in three minutes, maybe you're a really fast walker. Um, but it's more about like every day at lunchtime, Monday to Friday, you're showing up, you're doing that walk. And like what we were saying about earlier, it's like that vote for that fitter, healthier you, you're completing that habit. And then it's much easier. Like if you're out and you're enjoying that podcast and you're walking and you're like, oh my God, I actually love these lunchtime walks i'm really enjoying them i'm feeling good because i'm achieving them like i'm not i'm not skipping these habits it's so much easier then to be like oh i'll walk for 10 minutes it's momentum isn't it like once you get the ball rolling you just you just need that initial kick that initial push off the hill to to start that process once you get started like i mean for for my own training like I, i run consistently probably for 60 or more minutes a few times a week like as much as i enjoy running as much as i kind of i love training and and want to push myself i i find it tough to get started sometimes like very very consistently i like my ah getting out of the door and just starting this is going to be a nightmare and i put it off and procrastinate and all that kind of stuff but as soon as i start as soon as i'm like cool right i'm just gonna get out and get started as soon as i start like yeah i'm i'm in that space the momentum has started and I can then continue and, and and get that done. And it's just that starting that's the hardest point. I think that's where that's where having someone you're accountable to, be it a coach, be it a friend, be it family, whoever, just someone you're accountable to, even if it's only one person, is helpful in terms of that because that person can be there to be like, they can give you the push. Yeah. And sometimes we, as coaches, we need to be that. We need to be the kind of like the, the negative reinforcer in an extent. Like we need to give people that push that they need to to get over that initial hurdle and you say then there's other individuals that as we talked about like there's other individuals who have no problem starting they just have a problem stopping (laughs) which is the other side of that isn't it and then they're the individuals that we like need to be like okay cool like you might want to do xyz things but let's focus on (laughs) one thing for now and should we need to increase things in the future we can but let's focus on this priority to start with and what you say there is so true as well. It's the starting that's difficult. So as well, if you build that habit and you practice starting, you practice running or walking for three minutes, when you've made that habit, there's a lot less 
resistant to you starting. And I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever started a run and turned around and came back. So it's like, once you get going, it's fine. It's the starting that's really hard. So if you've built that habit up to start, you're, you've won already, haven't you? That's, that's, the battle is won if you get out and go. Because if you genuinely did feel like, oh my gosh, I do want to turn around because I'm so tired or aching, then you probably should anyway, because you're, you need to recover. So, yeah. And I think, like you say, surrounding yourself with the right people, whether it be a coach, whether it be like a community, like I do group virtuals. Um, we used to meet in person, but obviously the virus now is all on Zoom. Um, and I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are striving for the same things as you. Um, and I love the book James Clear wrote, Atomic Habits. I definitely recommend listening to that on Audible, on your walk or your run, everyone, um, on your new habit. Um, and he says in that about um, like the power of community and you should surround yourself with people who's, who, where their habits are the normal and that's what you are striving for. So whatever your desired habit is, say it's like running or say it's like doing the virtual workouts, it's like they're all doing it and that's the normal. So I think that's why things like park run work really well. Because, you know, if you want to become a runner and you want to run at the weekends, go and meet like loads of people who do it every single Saturday and that's normal. Because then you kind of become part of that. And as humans, like we just want to belong to things and connect, don't we? That's such a fundamental drive for us. So if you can put yourself in a community where you're where you're putting yourself up to the standards that others are already maintaining rather than falling to a standard that you might kind of naturally revert back to. And that's that's how you make progress, isn't it? I think yeah, in in my from like from a career perspective, that's what I always try to do is put myself in a in a community and in a in a works work environment where I'm being stretched and pushed and having to pull myself up to the standards of other people and same exactly in in this context of health and fitness like if you can find that community aspect whereby you're having you're you're pulling yourself up to the standards that other people are holding or the habits that other people have formed like you you almost can't lose in that respect because Mm -hmm. like it's it's so much easier when you have that community aspect to it equally it might even just be like one-to-one with someone it might be that you seek out a coach and that can be your community if you like that can be your kind of that that you're 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 then pulling yourself up to the standards that the coach is setting out for you or the habits that the coach is helping you build for example and like it might just be that yeah you're pulling you up your own standards like there's so many people who are kind of like in that mindset of like this is what i want to achieve and here's where i want to achieve and this is what i want to want to do but they're 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 kind of they're always falling short of that and that can be hard because mentally it's a tough one to kind of because you're kind of setting your own standards and you're not reaching your own standards yeah you have and keep you accountable to it and making them small exactly yeah Yeah. small bite size and surrounding yourself yeah whether it's with coach or a big community like because they always say don't they i don't really know where it comes from but where it's like you're you're the product of like the five people that are closest to you so I guess like there's part of that at play like that we yeah we do want to like uh we want to fit in with people I suppose don't we um so yeah if if you're surrounding yourself with business or fitness or whatever it is with people who are doing the things that you want to do then it'll probably just make it a lot easier so yeah I definitely agree yeah find people who are where you want to be and just work out how they got there and talk to them and find out from them. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So I think make the habit small, find a community of people or a coach and yeah, just make sure you focus on those sort of five key things. Like if it's, if it's for fat loss, um, you know, the food logging, the getting more active, doing more steps, 
increasing protein, sleeping seven to nine hours and getting your workouts in and just keep it small and just build it up gradually and try and enjoy that process and don't be so outcome focused because that will come when you do the process. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That's been great. I think we are about time there. So we'll, um, we'll start to close up. Last thing, like where can people find you? Um, probably Instagram's the easiest place because I've got like a link tree to everything, like my website there. So on Instagram, it's just Lucy Cronin PT. So it's Lucy C-R-O-N-I-N PT. That's it. I'll get that link down in the show notes for anybody that wants to, to reach out and get in touch yeah. with you or see what you do. Um, yeah. Thanks for making some time to come on and, and talk today. It's been great. Yeah, it's been super interesting. Yeah, I, oh my God, the time has gone so quickly. It's <laughs> <about this> ranges. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> cool. Cheers. Great. Thank you. Okay, guys, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. Check below for all the relevant links and notes from today's episode or search for us on social media at Apex Delta Coaching. One quick thing before you go. If you're a recreational athlete or fitness enthusiast who wants to get stronger and run longer, then check out the free seven-day hybrid training blueprint we've put together by following the link down in the show notes or search for our Instagram. It's an ebook designed to help you put together the ultimate weekly training template to crush your hybrid training goals by getting stronger and running longer at the same time without any of the confusion. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review or let us know personally. Any and all feedback is greatly appreciated and it helps to grow the podcast further. Thanks for listening, keep training and talk soon.